Robert Morris said this about hearing God's voice. Hearing God's voice is not about something we do. Rather, hearing God is all about someone we are. Hearing God is not primarily a behavior. It's a reflection of our identity as sons and daughters of this king. We hear God because of who we are and because of whose we are. So as we're going through this series that I'm calling Still Small Voice, we are remembering who we are. This is a big reminder opportunity to understand that if you've given your life to Jesus, you are in Christ and you belong to him. And as you belong to him, he is a loving father and he always hears what we have to say as we pray to him and he wants us to be listening to what he has to say. Now, um, Stories will be a big part of what we do during this series. And last week, as we started this series, the Lord already began teaching some of you what it looks like to hear His voice. So, I'm going to have my friend, Joy Menden, come and join me. She's got a microphone already, so I'll put this one over here. And... You can clap for her. She's okay with that. I'm okay with that. It was really interesting as I was up here facilitating and doing things, I am watching her write profusely in the front row. And so we had a conversation after church and she kind of told me what was going on. So I will hand the baton to you, if you will. I'm ready to start blubbering already. Is your microphone on though? Let's see. (laughs) Well, the folks online won't be able to hear you. Yep. There we go. We're on. Okay, so for years I've been praying to hear God's voice, and I wanted to hear an audible voice so that I would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's God, because I would hear thoughts, and i go, okay, is that me or is that God? And I'd look against scripture, and it just was so much effort to try and figure it out. And so I wanted God to make it black and white for me, because he knows how stubborn I am. And I've been praying this for years, and every time I would hear what I think is God, I would most often hear verses, like some of the ones we heard about last week. So been praying into that and praying into what's his will for my life, especially recently, since we're both retired now, I have more time, and I want to make sure I'm doing what he wants me to do, and not just what I think I want to do and see if it's conveniently his will. Anyway, so these are long, long time prayers. And I was listening to Andrew's podcast. Did you want to be able to speak too, just me? No, no, okay. no, I'd, so, <laughs> I'll say something if I no, need to, no, you I go meant, for it. I meant the whole time, but that's okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, I was listening to his podcast about hearing God's voice. And at one point he says, okay, close your eyes and, and you know, listen. And I listened. And sat there and listened. And again, I heard in my thought, um, I usually hear God is love and be still and know that I am God. And I'm like, I am still. This is as still as I can be. And I want to hear your voice. And that was it. And then I, next, last Sunday, met service. And um, I'm 
listening to the singing and stuff, and everything's wonderful. And out of the blue, without me asking, without me waiting quietly, a thought jumps in my head. I named you Joy. That's my name. And I was just like, wait, I wasn't asking. I wasn't quiet before you on my knees. He just said, I named you Joy. Well, backstory, I'm one of seven children. I am the only one that my dad named. I was supposed to be Julia. And no matter how many times I asked my dad, why'd you name me Joy? He, whom? He'd come up with something, but never a real reason why he named me Joy. Out of seven children, number five, why did you name me Joy? So I had to let it go. He took it to his grave, never did find out for sure why dad named me Joy. So here I am singing right there, and God says, I named you Joy. We're not done, guys. <laughs> then he goes, I told your dad to name you Joy. That's why your dad did it, because I told him. I'm not sure if my dad was a believer, but I know God can use anybody, and he used my dad to name me Joy. Okay, so I'm falling apart down here last week. He told me he named me Joy. He told me he had my dad name me Joy. And then he goes and says, because my will for you is to bring joy to others. And okay, now I'm a puddle, and I'm going crazy down here. And I said, God, I love to bring joy to others. I love to cook for people. I love to give gifts to people, which sometimes exacerbates my husband because it doesn't matter the cost. But I love to do stuff, pay for people behind me in the line of Starbucks. These are things I do all the time, and I love doing it. And I, so I told God, as if he didn't know, oh my gosh, I love to do stuff like that. And God goes, I know I made you. That's how I made you. Okay, so all in all, I realized, like in 1 Peter 4.10, I'm at my happiest when I'm blessing others because that's how God made me. That if I'm, if I'm doing these sort of things, I'm in his will, and so I'm happy. So it's not like if you're in his will, that you're struggling to do it, it's already something you do that brings you joy. Mm. Wow. You could take that with you. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> if you experience, if you experience, they're married to each other, by the way. Um, if you experience something during this series, and it doesn't have to look exactly like that, please will you let me know. You can send me an email at info at ncchico.org. Uh, you can send me any, you can just grab me. Uh, we would love to know about it. And if you're not comfortable being on the stage, I can tell your story for you if you give me permission. But I do not tell stories that I don't have permission for. But I have permission for this one. An email is one of the ways that we hear about what God is doing. So email is good. I know email's not your favorite, but 
Last week, we had a great panel. My friend Laura Harnish was sitting next to me, and she happened to mention smelling the presence of God. And so we had a short conversation about that. And I got this email uh, from one of our friends. Uh, she calls herself Lady Mac. Her name is Barbara McKim. And uh, she's snowed in up, in up in Megalia. Hi, Barb. Watching on the stream. We love you. This is what her email says. Good morning, dear friend. Thanks to yesterday's service, a mystery has been solved for me. I don't recall ever hearing about a fragrance being associated with the presence of the Lord. If I did, I wasn't listening. Anyway, I don't have to go around sniffing my family members anymore, trying to figure out where the lovely floral scent is coming from when it occurs. Last night, I was reading my Bible in bed, and perfume entered the room. And I was able to say, welcome, Lord. Thanks for your awesome presence. So I forwarded the service to my daughter and daughter-in-law, love, Lady Mac. By the way, if you're experiencing something in church and it blesses you and it's got truth in the middle of it and the Lord brings someone to mind, that may be him just planting that idea. That's what happened to Lady Mac. She just went ahead and sent it on to her daughter and daughter-in-law. This is a paga moment. This is a little Hebrew word. It's an intersection of need and a word that says, I've got to intercede for this right now. It's this moment where someone pops into your mind, and that's the Lord leading you to do it. So if it's something good, like sending a worship service link to someone, and it is an impression on your mind, you don't have to go, Lord, I'm going to pray about this for eight days to try to figure out if this is you. You just follow the impression. And that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about this morning, following the impression. Now, before we do so, I was, well, I have been praying a lot about this series and felt like there were a few building blocks that we need to give you. Uh, that will remind you every single week. They're building blocks that give you, well, let's just say, help you hear God's voice. So, first building block. Josh, give it to me. Oh, I thought you were going to throw it to me. That would have been a lot more fun. <laughs> say it with me. Humility. Right? Pride kills off hearing God's voice. Why? Because we don't need to hear him if we think we know the answer already. Right? So, the proud... They don't really hear God's voice. The Pharisees are a great example of that. And Jesus says, you, you don't hear the voice of God. Second one. There we go. And we have stillness. Quieting ourselves before God. Because sometimes we actually need to hear his voice in a really loud environment. But it's quieting yourself. Uh, be still and know that I am God he says. And so there is a stillness, I believe, that is really helpful. You don't have to be still. Sometimes the Lord will interrupt you with something that he puts into your mind or heart. But generally, like Joy said, it's helpful to be still. How about a third one, Kurt? Nice. And we have purity. This wasn't on my original list, to be quite honest with you, I was sitting down in my office saying, Lord, what are these building blocks? And immediately what I heard was, do not undersell the role of purity in hearing my voice. 
that was a mic drop moment, even in my office. I was like, and I'm writing that down, and that's going in, and I'm going to tell that to your people, and I'm going to be faithful, God. So, now, does this mean that you have to have every single thing all buttoned up in your life? Well, unless you're Jesus, you don't. But purity sure does pave the way. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, the pure in heart will see God. I know we're talking about hearing God's voice, but all these things are similar. They're impressions. They're how God leads us. So however, whatever verbiage we use for it, seeing, hearing, sensing, getting a, uh, an impression, a strong feeling, a thought that comes onto my, lights onto my mind just immediately. I don't know where it comes from. Whatever it is, purity is helpful. And lastly, thanks, Kurt. Perseverance. Perseverance. Jesus says later in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, ask, seek, knock. These verbs are all prepositions. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. There is a perseverance in prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So there's a sense of staying after it, continuing to listen. And I would say continuing to keep your eyes, your gaze on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, Hebrews 12 says. We need to fix our gaze on Jesus and have our glance on the world. Too often, we have our gaze on the world and our glance on Jesus. And just that simple thought to keep your eyes up and say, I'm just going to picture Jesus right now. Jesus, what is it that you want me to know about this? That, that just puts my heart posture into a place of worship, looking to him as the one who has the answers. He's got the words. He's got the revelation that we need. So we'll split up our blocks so that people can see the screen. And there'll be a reminder to you, and you'll see them, oh, every week. There are two terms, two Greek terms in the Bible for words that we receive from God. One is logos. This word is different than the second word, rhema. Now, so what is the difference between these two words? Let me show you a verse where Jesus actually uses both words. This is John 17. Jesus is praying. So this is what he's praying out to the Father. He says, uh, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and, I have o- and they have obeyed your word. Logos. Then Later in the prayer, he says in verse 8, For I gave them the words, the rhema you gave me, and they accepted them. So what's going on here? Difference between logos and rhema. It's very simple. Logos are words, ideas, forms, statements, words, phrases, content. And then rhema is a little bit more specific. It's spoken words. In fact, the Bible never uses rhema and talks about it being written down. It doesn't mean that you can't hear a written word and write it down, but that's these, this is the difference, right? Words and spoken, right? 
So the scriptures are considered logos. They are content. And yet the scriptures can become rhema, this timely spoken word to us when the Holy Spirit highlights them as a timely word. So if you've ever been reading your Bible and all of a sudden one word or one phrase just jumps out at you. I was talking to my friend Don this morning and he was talking about the fact that these two verses jumped off the page for him this week. And he's like, oh, this is what I need to emphasize in our 530 prayer meeting this Wednesday. And he's going to go after that. And it came from a very unlikely place in the Old Testament. But the Holy Spirit just bold, underlined, jumped off the page. It became, the Logos became Rhema. You're with me so far? If so, say yes. yes. Oh, great job, everybody. Okay, so then the scriptures originally given were given actually as spoken words Rhema. So we really believe in the verbal plenary inspiration of the scriptures, meaning that God didn't just give ideas to write down. He gave word for word. He's very specific. All scripture is God-breathed, inspired, and profitable for so many things in our lives. In fact, it's so important. Each word is so important that we even see in Matthew, if you take one word out, woo! It is a bad deal. Do not even a jot or a tittle, one little dash. That's how important the words are. So where do I find this? 2 Peter 1, verse 20 verse through 21. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, through, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Imagine the Apostle Paul riding along, or even with his writing team of young, young guys that are following him, with his amanuensis, his, his scribe, and they're, and they're listening to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is speaking those words that, that would become words of Scripture. So the rhema, the, the, the logos, the Scripture started as rhema and became logos. The content of Logos is the absolute standard for everything that we would say is truth. It's how we measure what is true. So it's a safeguard to keep us from error. It's instructions on how to live life to the fullest if we obey these words. And then we test every rhema word, things that we think we're hearing from God, against the Logos, against the Scriptures. This is very important. This is so important. We just spent two-thirds of the academic year on the Logos to be ready to be able to talk about the Rhema. Because we need both. We need both the Logos and the Rhema to be able to live life to the fullest. There are many who will embrace one to the detriment of the other. And I'm very happy to say here at Neighborhood Church that we work to see the Word and the Spirit held in, at the same time in high honor. So the Logos and the Rhema, both important. Logos comes up in the Bible 331 times. It can be a general term, whereas Rhema is very specific, and it appears about 70 times. So here's a quote from Colin Brown. He is a writer in the Dictionary of the New Testament of Theology. 
Logos can often designate the Christian proclamation as a whole in the New Testament. Rhema usually relates to individual words and utterances. But Logos is living. Our Bible is living. This beautiful book is living. It is able to do powerful things in our lives if we expose ourselves to it. For the Word of God is alive and active, Hebrews 4 says. It cuts through all of our defenses. But Rhema is also living. And we see Jesus talking about this in Matthew 4. He says, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every rhema, every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is saying, oh, it's life. And then in John 6, 6, 663, the words, the rhema I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. So as we embrace hearing God's voice, we get words of life that will not only instruct and help to guide us into living life to the fullest, but they themselves, in and of themselves, the more that we chew on them, the more that we meditate on the things that we receive from God, then the more life that they generate in and through us. As Mark Verkler said this, we must learn to recognize God's voice as spontaneous thoughts which light upon your mind. Rhema, or the voice of, the, of God, is spirit-to-spirit communication where the Holy Spirit, in union with your spirit, speaks directly to you. Thoughts from my mind are analytical, but thoughts from my heart are spontaneous. And there is a a heart transfer in rhema that's going on, where the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Now, there are many ways that God speaks. We'll talk about those later in the series. But we had to start at this space for you to understand the importance of both of these logos and rhema and how they work together this morning. So thoughts. Verkler's talking about thoughts and how these thoughts just light upon your mind. But what about your thoughts? I always, for a while, I believed that my thoughts were my own. Like this was just my space and nobody else gets to be in there and I just am kind of doing my own thing. But why then would Paul say this? He talks about taking captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Well, you might say, well, that's just because Paul knows that some of your thoughts are really bad. You need to like get them in shape, get them in line, get them lined up. That could be true. But could it also be true that the spirit world could be influencing my thoughts? The truth is the real battle for your life is the battle for your mind. Because if the enemy can convince you of the lies because he's the father of lies, then he can change your behavior. He could change the way that you think about yourself. You will refigure your identity based on what he says, which is crooked and bad, and get you disempowered, depressed, and wanting to kill yourself. And so your thought life is absolutely critical. There is a massive battle every single moment of every single day for your mind. And so we've got to talk about our minds and our thoughts because we're talking about hearing God's voice 
and these spontaneous thoughts lighting in our minds. So where do our thoughts come from? Here's Andrew with a beard. Andrew with a beard has three different places where his thoughts come from. First of all, he has his own thoughts. Well, they're good or bad. They're just his own thoughts. But then he's also got the thoughts of God that whisks in. Sometimes without realizing it, he's driving in the car and he's wondering, why did that just pop into my mind? I'll give you an example. I pulled up here to the church one day and um, I put my car in park and I heard this phrase popped into my mind. You will receive a white envelope sealed with a $100 bill in it today. And I immediately thought, well, that wasn't my thought. My second thought was maybe that's the voice of the enemy. Oh, I must be really, really prideful and really, really greedy that I would think that out of nowhere. What's wrong with me? (gasps) And I'm getting all worked up. Not thinking to, to ask God, God, is this you speaking to me? So I'm having this wrestling match with my own heart all the way in to my office. Lord, forgive me. I didn't realize how greedy I was. I can't believe this is my self-talk. I get in. I sit at my desk. This is years ago. I was a youth pastor at the time. I picture myself at my desk. Somebody says, hey, somebody came by. This is for you. Here's the white envelope. And I'm like, I know what's inside that envelope already. I took the envelope and I opened it up. No note, just a $100 bill. And I was just like, what was happening? God was teaching me how to hear his voice. He's like, I'm going to just kind of show you how this works. I'm just going to drop an idea on your head that's so random, you couldn't come up with it on your own. And now I'm going to prove to you, I'm going to show it to you because you got your eyes open, you're watching, you're listening, you're paying attention. So your thoughts can be influenced, certainly just your own thoughts, but you've also got thoughts that are influenced by the Lord and by the enemy. We'll talk more about this as we go through the rest of the series because there are times where you beat yourself up because this wicked, awful, gross thought comes into your mind and you think, oh, what's wrong with me? Ah, And you start freaking out instead of realizing, no, I'm just going to resist the devil and he's going to flee. He's going to get out of here. So we'll talk more about that later in the series. But three places your thoughts can come from. The point, the spirit world can and does influence your thoughts. Now, where do I find this idea of God speaking to us in the Bible? Well, I'm just going to, just four quick places. You can look them up later if you'd like. There are rivers flowing of his spirit where he speaks to us in John 7. Jesus talks about that. Then we're the temple of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6 also talks about the fact that our, our spirit is fused to the Holy Spirit. So, of course, we could hear what he has to say. And, if, and last but not least is John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. You remain in me and I in you, and you'll bear much fruit. And there is constantly that life-giving sap, if you will, allowing us to bear fruit. I've got a prayer for you. It's from Mark Verkler's book. And I would love for you to pray this with me. I want you to look at it first before you pray it. It says, I choose to honor the flow within me because it is a river of God in me by the working of the Holy Spirit. So if you choose, I would love for you to pray this with me out loud just as a, as a 
as a way to say, yes, God, I'm willing to listen to what you have to say and that flow that comes through me. Ready? I choose to honor the flow within me because it is the river of God in me by the working of the Holy Spirit. Lord, may it be, may you speak to us. And how does God speak to us? Thank you for sending in your questions about hearing God's voice. So many were, how do I know it's God? We're going to take a lot of weeks to explain just that one tiny little question. But I want to talk about impressions. I want to talk about impressions like this. This is an impression. It's high contrast. You can probably even see it from where you are. It's a leaf that's, that's been impressed into this clay. And this is pretty easy to see. Sometimes what God says to us seems really, oh, it's a leaf. Of course, there's no question about that. There's other times when it's a little harder to see. It's a, it's a little bit more mottled and, and a little smaller. And I think those are leaves. And maybe those are those little twisty things that come down out of the... I'm not exactly sure I'm going to have to spend some time thinking and, and stewing on that word, God, that you're sharing with me. And then... Sometimes it's really not clear at all. What exactly is this? And, and Lord, what are you doing? And, and I'm, I'm willing to wait for you to confirm and to clarify. And um, to further use this illustration further, let's roll that video. While this video is playing, I'm going to talk about it a little bit. So oftentimes we're being prepared by God, uh, by his Holy Spirit. And sometimes there's a little pressure involved to get us into a place where we can actually hear what he has to say. Sometimes it's not where you think it's going to be. Sometimes it'll surprise you. You might be in worship and you're not even trying and yet he wants to say something to you. So the Holy Spirit does a preparation work in us and we can cooperate with that or not. And then he wants to impress upon us something beautiful. He wants to, to say something to us. He wants to show us something about his kingdom, about ourselves, about who he is. He wants to give direction and clarity. And it leaves a mark in us and on us. And it's a beautiful thing. Hearing God's voice is a beautiful impression that we can choose to follow or not. And so asking the question, God, was that you or not? Here's our first opportunity to say, if it doesn't check up with the logos, if it, it has got to line up with God's written word. If it, if it um, conflicts or if it somehow is opposite, then you got to throw it out. Also, the fruit check. Is it bearing the fruit of the Spirit or does it bear love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Then you throw it out. But if it's something that will lead you to a place of loving someone more, being generous, showing his, bringing his kingdom to the earth, it's probably the Lord. But if you're not sure and it checks out both these things, you do what I would say, follow the impression. But I don't know if it's the Lord or not. Well, is it going to hurt to go give your neighbor cookies? Is it going to hurt to tell that person a really encouraging word? Is it going to hurt to pray for somebody who's got a broken leg at Starbucks and you feel like the Lord is prompting you to go over and pray? No, it won't. Now, as we go through this series, we will be telling stories every single week. And 
The truth is, sometimes we receive a word from the Lord that lines up with Scripture, and yet it makes us feel uncomfortable. Uncomfortable isn't always wrong. And this is where having wise counsel, godly people in your life who you can go, hey, help me with this. Can you help me discern? Is so beneficial. And sometimes just sitting with a word and asking the Lord to give you more confirmation, showing you where it's true, especially if it's a hard word, is important. I'm going to have my friend George come, and uh, he and I have been doing life for, oh, 25 years. And um, George once came with a word uh, that he's going to share, and I think that you'll understand a little bit more about what I'm saying. Morning, George. Good morning. 2017, I was in a terrible place. I was playing couch potato. I had a horrific amount of pain. And the Lord gave me a word for our church, and everybody is affected even today by this word. And he said to me, the school needs to be closed. And I'm like, Rutro, what school? I had no idea. It took another week or two. The school at the church. There's three parts of this word. I did not have a sound mind of Christ at the time. I had the antibiotics were trying to kill me. And I was on high-octane pain meds. You never, ever give a word when you don't have a sound mind. That's a good word right you there. You don't ever, ever, if you don't have peace, find the peace, then deliver the word. I had to fast pain meds for seven days. Horrifically difficult. And then I had peace about day four, day five, day six, day seven. Then I knew. And soon as I knew it was from heaven, it's like, this is going to be a bomb going off at the church. Major bomb. So I had, I think, one of my kids drive me to church. <laughs> I hop in with my crutches. I can't put any, I don't remember exactly when, so you're going to have to help me here. I delivered the word. But what I could not tell Andrew was plan B and plan C of the word. When the board prayed, he was going to bring it to the board, they were going to pray. But here is B. When, when the board makes the decision to close the school, I'm going to give them a new school that instead of being a negative dollars a year, it's going to be a $25,000 a month cash infusion. And I'm like, whoa, that works. They... C part of the word was if the school doesn't close 
there's going to be the two hundred to three hundred thousand dollar loss by the end of the next school not school year but the next calendar year so to December and it's going to spiral down and I never told anybody this because if I would have told it that would have put fear and I would have manipulated people I could not tell the board about the $25,000 a month cash infusion because that would put like a golden carrot out and that would be manipulation. You don't ever, ever use the word of God to manipulate, period. There, there is, that's an absolute. You never. That's just... But this is also a directional word that is very dangerous. I call it dangerous. It, you you got to be game on. So I remember... I get up about 3.30 to 4 o'clock in the morning because I got to get my fix in with Jesus first before anything else happens. Probably I'm addicted to my time with him. And it's a good <laughs> addiction, by the way. I would encourage this addiction. Now I pray that, Lord, what supernatural mischief can I get into today who can I meet with who do you want me to meet with what is your plan for my day at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning after the board met I knew they made the right decision without knowing they made the right decision I called Frank Coons at CORE and I said Frank this is what's going to happen. And he goes, slow down, bro. Slow down, slow down. Stop. I need pad and paper. I said, look, you need to talk to your principal at CORE. This is what's going to happen. CORE is going to move to neighborhoods, campus. And Frank goes, are you sure? I said, I'm sure. Get with the program today. George, you, you, you can't do... Frank, today. And he goes, okay. So he started meeting. I called... Andrews Pops, I said, Alan, I need you to start thinking about a lease for CORE. This is how it's going to be, this, this, this. And I went down the, the list, and I don't believe I told him about the $25,000 a month. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. The school closes, the bomb goes off, and there is really a lot of upset people the staff is going through it. My wife is going through it. People are going cray-cray. They're manifesting, and it's not all that pretty around here, okay? It's not pretty at all. I'm holding on. I'm still playing couch potato. But I am praying and praying and praying because this has got to work or our church could be bankrupt. So, the negotiations were starting, and they were happening, and one of the negotiators, I don't know if there's probably a multiple, the school ended up paying $24,876, I believe, a month. And I'm going, hmm. When I said a $25,000 cash infusion, that was not approximately... It wasn't $25,000-ish. It was $25,000. 24876 is pretty close. But I was $25,000, and I'm like, Lord, did I blow that? I never heard anything about it. 
Well, now it's over $25,000. So I had to surrender that, I call it inaccuracy, to Jesus' feet. If you round it up, I'm good. Now, if you round it down, uh, I don't know how that works, okay? I, I, I'm, it wasn't exact. It wasn't precise. Awfully close, though. So the more I prayed about this, the negotiations are happening. The school ends up, I don't remember, $150,000, $200,000 in the hole ish I don't know the numbers I don't remember and our church survived that unbelievable supernatural loss and then the lord restored the loss with our new school here this word I get a lot of words maybe 5% I release. The other 90, 95% is for intercession only. When you get a word, pray into it. Pray on it. Find out what heaven is saying with it. You don't get anything. You keep praying and praying and praying and pray with persistence. Pray in power and keep on praying until something happens. Period. He didn't give that to you to throw it away. He gave it to you to intercede. And I love intercession. My goal is to be in his presence at all waking hours, and I haven't gotten there yet. I, I haven't gotten there. I believe that in, when I'm sleeping, I can be in his presence I don't know how that works either, okay? I'm not awake. I don't know, you know, how all that works. But I'm believing that in the name of Jesus. But it's when the small voice happens. I've been praying, I don't know, 30 years-ish, 35, I don't remember. But I've been praying, Lord, allow me to hear the unheard of. Allow me to see the unseeable, and that can be a little dicey. And allow me to believe the unbelievable. And you can do it also. When you get that nudging, go with it. Test it. Andrew said, if it lines up with the word, all that. But none of this word, because it's a directional word, lined up scripturally. None. If I'm not mistaken. Correct. There was nothing in scripture that would preclude it saying it was wrong. But there was nothing that would inform it to say that it was right. Directional words, and I've had quite a few of them, are the, you, you got to be the most cautious of. There's dates, mates, and all that. Just stay away from that. That's a hand grenade and the pin's pulled. Dates, mates, and babies. Yeah. That, that, Don't that, give any that's words to that. That's just a hand grenade. Don't go there. Now, if you had the parting of the Red Sea and blood on the wall, and if he said date, time, and place, mm, get her done. All right, I would do that one. I had, I knew a young mom-to-be when she conceived 
one time. And I'm like, whoop, this is a dangerous one. So I went to grandma and I said, hey, are you a grandma yet? Nope. And I said, you will be. Not to the mom. And she calls me up, George, she's pregnant. And I said, yeah, on this day. She goes, what? So I explained it. And sure enough, it was that day. That's cray-cray. But that's heaven speaking and allowing us to hear the unheard of. But all of you can do it. It's the Holy Spirit that can find the intimacy, find the time to hear. He is speaking. He wants to bless you with hearing. I'm convinced of it. If he can do it with me, he can do it with anyone. I do crazy, crazy things because Jesus speaks. And now it's like, all right, that makes no sense at all. Let's just do it anyway. I, I have absolute 100% faith and confidence when I hear it's time to move. When he says go, it doesn't matter what it looks like. You do, you go. And the fruit, he understands. It's pretty dang good. But I'm always looking at my fruit, what's not good, what's rotten on my tree going, huh, all right, that didn't work very well. Where did I sin? Where did I make the mistake? How can I change that rotten fruit to glorious supernatural fruit? See, when you work on your weaknesses and you hear from heaven, you can take those weaknesses and turn them into strengths. In Jesus' name, of course. But hear the unheard of, because you can do it in Jesus. Right. Thanks, George. Yeah, that was not a fun word to receive, but uh, it gave faith as we were moving through that process. So just a little commercial for uh, an interactive book, workbook that I have found very helpful. It's Mark and Patty Verkler's uh, How to Hear God's Voice. And it's a, oh, I've got one right here. I can show you what it looks like. Um, it's like this. So uh, if you want to go deeper in this whole series and study, this might be something you could consider. Uh, you don't have to. It's for those who want to go further. Great. Michael Wadlow, are you back in the house? I need Michael Wadlow back. Maybe he can hear my voice somewhere. I know that he was putting together the words that you sent in on behalf of our friend Annie. So he's walking in this minute. So this is helpful. And um, Annie, do you want to come on, come on up? Just save some time here. Come on up. Great. And um, if you're on the stream, you can participate in these exercises. We know that there's a slight delay in the live stream, but there's plenty of time as we're doing these exercises. Come on up, Annie. Great, 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 great. I know that he was squirreled away in a quiet place so that he could um, put together these words. So, there you go, there's that. Thank you very much. All right, uh, let me just start off by saying you guys did amazing. Um, I don't think I saw anything that caused me to think, nope, that's definitely not from God. In fact, 
I think everything I've read so far, and by the way, there was such good response, I couldn't write it all down. So I apologize if I don't mention something that you said, but uh, like I say, everything I've seen so far looks very positive, and uh, I think we did a really good job. So I'm going to give you as much as I can with what I've got so far, and then we'll work on the rest of it and get it to you this week. But... Um, Yeah. Will be. <laughs> so Annie, um, you are one beloved daughter. Uh, several people heard that about you and often said so so dearly loved. Um, your joy is an encouragement to others. You are a blessing, a warrior of honor, peace, hope, and joy. Uh, your father sees you. He loves you. And just as there's been some sorrows in your life, Jesus was a man of sorrows, and he knows what you're going through, and he understands. And more than that, he's walking with you, and he has fortification for you. He has fortitude for you. Um, and he also wants to bring some closure to some things that have weighed you down. And the Lord wants you to know that you are, you are equipped, you are ready, you are enough, there's been some questions that you've been having uh, about whether or not you should step into something. In fact, somebody actually saw a picture of a door and a person standing there, and it, they said that it was as if the person was asking the question, should I go through that door? So there's an opportunity ahead of you that um, some of the other words confirmed is something that now's a good time for you to do that. It's an invitation, and um, it's not something for you to be self-conscious about or to fear what you don't have yet. You have and he is with you. He's walking with you. Um, there were a few things that were interesting. I'm just going to ask you about it, if that's okay. Um, does the name Ike mean anything to you? Not readily. Okay. We might find out later, but we'll find, we'll, yep. for now we'll say no. Um, another person saw, there was a lot of people who saw. If you saw a picture, will you raise your hand for me real quick? All right, we got a bunch of people who are visually equipped. <laughs> By the way, everybody can learn to grow in seeing pictures and visions, so just saying. Um, I wrote a lot, and I still didn't cover it all. Um, the Lord is inviting you into patience. Um, and... And there's no fear for you because he's making the crooked, crooked places straight. So you don't have to fear the steps that you're going to take. Um, someone said that the prodigals that you've been praying for are coming home. And specifically, there was a word about the boys will be saved or something. I, I have it in here, but I didn't read it all. Um, several different imageries relating to a flower or a flower in, um, opening up to the sun and the word bloom, and I just believe that that has to do with um, another image that was given, which is one of grapes on a vine, and, and the statement that you are a fruitful person. That as you have learned to respond to the Spirit of the Lord, he's um, and opened up to him, and learned to trust him, and receive from him, that uh, you've become quite fruitful, like John 15, abiding in the vine, and um, it is a source of pleasure for him. It's a source of delight for him, and it gives him joy. Your life is a delight to the Father. Bring him great joy. And um, 
Voice Saved was the one that I love. Another one that says you're forgiven, don't be nervous. I like that one. We all probably need to hear that. And um, God wants to restore your hope. And hope is the key to everything else falling into place. And um, he also wants you to ask him for him to release his peace over situations. So he's ready to do that. He's poised to do that. Just ask. And so I'm going to stop there. I could go on for quite a while because I think, like I said, we did really good and I couldn't even cover it all. But uh, you and I will unpack that more and then maybe we can give Andrew some feedback next week. Great. So, Annie, tell us, what, what are you thinking, what are you feeling, besides the fact that all these bright lights are and all these people are looking at you? How, do you, how are you responding to that? Like, how, what is that? How do they do? <laughs> I, thank you. I mean, it's all confirmation and really... Using a lot of hope and, and timely, ways is timely, you know, I, whew. we're about, and I'll throw this out since I'm up here, um, we're about to um, go to the funeral of my, one of my brothers, I had five, and um, we've been praying for him, me and my sisters for years. So we have those boys. We have my um, six grandsons and my sons-in-laws and and a bunch of nephews who are so sweet and dear. And I've been thinking, I want to send out a prayer request because March 26, we're going to do an Italian family reunion funeral. And these are a lot of boys who have used alcohol to mourn. And so I, I feel like, I've been feeling like this is the time. So this is very confirming. And the hope and all that to go into this system and breathe this. And, and being a Christian in that group is almost like being a black sheep. <laughs> you know, their kind of joy hasn't lined up. Um, my my kind of joy is sort of goofy and ill-fitting, and I'm a better target than anything. <laughs> so I'm needing these guys, the humility and all that junk. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm excited, and we've seen movement. And before my brother Beanie died, uh, Eric and I got to pray f with him last week, and he does. He did know the Lord. He was at peace. Um, in he grabbed us and prayed and blessed us, which has never happened. Wow. So, so, and and he's key. He's key with a lot of the men. In this this very uh, Italian system, a weird key. He's Mormon. Wow. <laughs> God's doing some ridiculous things. That's right. But thank you. I needed all of this. I needed it. Final so, thought, Michael. Yeah. Um, there was one more thing <laughs> that I just want to share really quick. Uh, it, the Lord has given you a voice and new clarity, and this is the time for you to take your place. 
So, um, and then also, you guys, I know I missed, I didn't get everybody's thing compiled in here. Like I said, you guys all responded, which was really awesome. But um, I want to celebrate the person, you don't have to raise your hand, but who threw out Ike. Um, because yeah. you took a risk. And calling out a name or a specific, okay. So we'll talk to you afterwards. Um, better that you try in a safe place where we can learn and grow together. Right. And, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, they had the sons of the prophets or the schools of the prophets. And in the New Testament, it's supposed to function here and we as the body judge. And so uh, it's awesome that whoever that was stepped out. And I really just want to celebrate all of us who stepped out because this is part of us growing. Right. Uh, and it was anonymous. So, hey, I mean, there's not a ton of risk, but sometimes it feels like there is. Right. And so... Um, Cheers to you guys for pushing through that and taking a chance because she's obviously blessed and encouraged yeah. and we're only getting started. So. Yep. Yep. I want to say um, that concerning Ike, I didn't have a sense that that's wrong. I had a sense of, I don't know what that's about. And I have enough experience where it feels like that's something I need to ponder. So I just wanted to say that. I mean, Great. as a recipient, it wasn't at all offensive. It's like, huh. Yeah, it made you curious. And I think that curious posture is where it's at. And I wouldn't be surprised if Veronica receives something that will go along with that. So, all right. Thank you for your patience. We are going to do this again next week, but stand with, with me if you would. And um, prayer folks, if you'd come forward. Uh, prayer teams will be uh, down front and um, they are instructed this morning that you can tell them what to pray for, but I would much rather you just show up and ask them to pray for you and see what the Lord shares with them. And then they will pray what they are hearing. Uh, just a reminder, they will not be praying about your sin life, the things that are all wrong about you. That is not how this works. This is about building you up, encouragement, comfort, uh, consolation, okay? So, Jesus, thank you for a morning where you're moving, you're working, and you're teaching us, Holy Spirit. So, thank you for my friends uh, that shared and those who will share. And I pray a blessing on this family meeting here and online. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll see you next week.